I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Inyash Brodsky. And I'm David. All right. Uh, top story this week. The FDA, our old friend, has uh, approved a new drug for Alzheimer's. And uh, it's it's a bit controversial um, because it probably doesn't work. But the FDA approved it anyway. Um, there were only two clinical trials done, and they both showed that it didn't work. Um, so they they stopped the trials and then came back later. They said they redid the statistical analysis, and one of them showed that it actually did have a small effect uh, on Alzheimer's. The, the FDA gave it to this independent committee, um, and they came back with an overwhelmingly negative recommendation that said, do not approve this drug. Um, and the FDA approved it anyway, and people are upset. Interesting. So if you're going for, if you're asking my take, like the fact that you can't sell things at all without FDA approval means I'm happy with them to approve anything and everything with a rubber stamp. I would like them (laughs) just to be a like accrediting agency, in which case I would say, if that was the case, I would say this is bad because they're giving credit accreditation to a drug that doesn't work. But as long as they have the um, ability to prevent things from being sold to adults who want to buy it for whatever reason, then fuck it. Make them approve everything. Yeah, that's basically where I am. Um, it would be nice if we lived in a world where you didn't need FDA approval to have the right to buy things. Uh, and in that situation i would want the fta to have a uh, need a high level of evidence to approve anything but in the world we live in yeah man fuck it just approve approve anything i agree i think we should abolish uh efficacy testing from the fda their sole remit as long as they're allowed to ban drugs unilaterally should be safety testing all right and in this case it's not as ridiculous as it sounds um the drug does so. Uh, you know, I'm gonna not a, in any way an expert on this, but I read a few articles about it. What the drug does is it removes these plaques from the brain um, that are caused by Alzheimer's, and a lot of people think that they're the you know what causes the uh, cognitive declinement. Wait, declinement? That's not a word. You can make it a word. Declension. Decline. Yeah, just decline. It's a declension or decline. Declension. You just made that up. Uh, there's no, uh, there's no T at the end. It's declension. Declension. Sounds French. Sounds like something you would do after eating a lot of cheese. <laughs> oh, and you really have to poop. Well, yes, that, that's the implication that a lot of cheese I, makes I you I think that poop. was the joke. Wait, cheese makes you poop? I don't know. According to an In old Space universe? Ghost episode I saw, <laughs> cheese will no, block you up. No, you're thinking of coffee. Yep, cheese makes you not poop. Yeah, that's why you're clenching so hard on the toilet, because you can't poop. There's too much poop backed up. No, you don't clench on the toilet? Oh, my God. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a human, and you have found me out. Now I have to kill you. You clench when you need to get to the toilet, but you're not there yet. (laughs) Okay. As long as clenching is involved somewhere, I'm safe. So... So since since you brought it up, oh, it came according to Merriam-Webster.com. It came into English via Middle French, uh, originating French. from the Latin word "declinare," meaning to inflect or to turn aside. Yeah. All right. So anyway, 
The drug, everyone agrees the drug does actually remove these plaques from the brain. Um, and everyone's just uh, upset that, that it doesn't seem to actually solve the problem. Um, but the FDA said, all right, look, we'll approve it because it actually does what it says it does. And in the meantime, you have to run a new trial. Um, but while you're running that trial, we'll give you this provisional approval, uh, which it sounds like an actually a very reasonable uh, position to me. Yeah. Even, you know, even for the world we live in. Uh, so good, good for you, FDA, for not being the absolute worst. Um, <laughs> but you are because we are still not the AstraZeneca vaccine is still not approved. Uh, so let's yep. let's take some of that Alzheimer's energy and put it towards COVID. Agreed. Also, the uh, sense of declension meaning deterioration was coined by Shakespeare in Richard the Third. Groovy. That man made up a lot of words. Okay, I'm off that beat now. <laughs> Are you sure? If you have anything else to say about declension, please do it now. Okay, I'm done. Okay. All right. Next story. Uh, we got a couple of new Supreme Court decisions. A couple? Um, it's yeah. Supreme Court season. We got a lot of them. Oh, we've got three. Nope. Keep oh, looking. four, five, four. Jesus. It's is that six? court six. season, man. Six. Seven? Oh, my God. Seven. I mean, there's one that I didn't put in just because I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll save it for next time. Is that, do we have eight Supreme Court uh, stories? Ugh. I, I, I really like Nina Totenberg. That is my excuse. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to go quickly. All right. First one. Uh, Supreme Court says Philadelphia can't require religious foster care agencies to give kids to gays. Uh, the case is Fulton versus Philadelphia, and it was decided nine to nothing, um, with Alito, Thomas, and Gorsuch uh, concurring in the judgment only. Uh, which, if you don't know what that means, it means they agree with the result, but they don't agree with the reasoning. Um, the court held that the law. Um, all right, so there's a the precedent was a case called Smith. I forget what the other party is, um, but Smith said that um, religious. Now, the, the right to free exercise of religion it can be burdened by laws that are generally applicable to everyone. Um, Alito, uh, Thomas and Gorsuch wanted to overturn Smith and say, like, no, that doesn't count. You're not allowed to even if it has an incidental uh, effect on religion, even if it's generally applicable, that gets strict scrutiny. That's what they want to do. The other six um, decided to uphold. Well, they didn't really uphold Smith. Um, they did for now. Um, but they said that in this case, the law was not generally applicable because there's a, uh, some sort of commissioner in charge of the foster care system and the law, the non-discrimination law said that the commissioner had sole discretion to grant exceptions to the non-discrimination law. So the court said, look, if you, if you let this commissioner grant exceptions, um, that means it's not a generally applicable law. It means it's applicable to everyone, you know, unless the commissioner says so. So in that case, you can't say um, religious organizations can't have the exception. Uh, and that is very similar to the case we talked about before where they said that you can't tell churches they have to stay closed during COVID if you're letting basically anyone else be open. Uh, so any exceptions you have to the law, you have to give them to religious organizations was the holding. 
so the the way I understood this is that the um, religious organization would not screen gay foster parents for possible fostering of kids. Uh, right. And that, that hadn't actually ever come up because no gay couples had approached them. But if they had, they said they would have passed it on to some other screening agency. So see, the whole thing seemed like not that big a deal in my opinion. But, you know, also the city of Philadelphia said, well, if you're going to be discriminating assholes like that, we don't want to do business with you anymore. And that is why they were brought to church, because I guess the church or brought to court because the church wanted to force them to do business with their uh, placing agency, which kind of sounds like bullshit to me. Well, so what would you think if it was an atheist agency that and the, the city said, well, we don't want to do business with atheists. And also had a you know a non discrimination law that said no no discriminating on the basis of religion. Well, if they said we don't want to do business with atheists, I would say that is you know fuck you. But if they said we don't want to do business with your organization because you specifically say you will not screen any religious parents, then I would say they have a right to not do business with that atheist organization. They're not providing the function that the state is looking for in a screening agency of finding good parents. And if the state says, well, we don't think you're doing a very good job of what we want our vendor to do, then they don't have to do business with them, right? Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Yeah, so the so I don't agree with that, and the reason is because the city of Philadelphia isn't a business. Um, and like, granted, usually my argument would go the um religious or- organization pays taxes, but for some reason we exempt religious organizations. I say for some reason, like, it's not bloody obvious what the reason is, but I think, I hope we can all agree that the uh, correct thing to do here is end the religious exemption and then um, uh, the city will not be able to um, to uh, have that sort of discretion over which taxpaying entity they choose to... Um, uh, patronize i'm try yeah i'm trying to think of a phrasing that isn't to do business with <laughs> well so if you think the city because it's a government thinks that a vendor isn't doing a good job they should still be required to use them i don't think their reasoning is that as a an adoption agency the religious organization is inadequate i think it's that the agency has some vaguely related but non-central uh policies that um that uh the city thinks is icky oh well if that's the case then fuck the city i i guess at that well, point yeah. we're trying to do mind reading well so no no so there's this not mind reading if there's anything we can all agree on it is fuck philadelphia <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying the issue is greatest Wes? city in the country uh, the issue is that the city has a non-discrimination policy. So it says, hey, you know, everyone who places foster kids isn't allowed to discriminate based on, you know, race, religion, gender, you know, anything like that, national origin. Um, and the religious organization says, hey, we want to place foster kids, but also we are going to discriminate based on sexual orientation. Um, and the city says, okay, well then, no, we're not going to, uh, you know, do a contract with you to administer our foster care system. And the, so the organization says, oh, well, now you're discriminating based on religion. Um, and they say, no, we're just looking for someone who obeys the law. And uh, what the Supreme Court said is that uh, maybe that, that, that might fly, except 
your non-discrimination policy has exceptions written into it. So if you have any exceptions, you have to include religious organizations in the exceptions. What exceptions do they have? The commissioner could waive the non-discrimination provisions if they felt like it. Oh, just arbitrarily. Yes. That's a... At their sole discretion. Okay, well, all right. Yeah. Now, it's important to realize this was not a um, a case where the, practi- like the practical effects of this um, are not going to negatively affect um, any gay couples, probably. They're one of many um, foster agencies. Um, they're... Any any uh, gay parents that want to be foster parents, um, they can. There are many other agencies they can go to. They just um, can't go to this particular agency. Um, so it might be like slightly less convenient, but becoming a foster parent is already so inconvenient that uh, you know that that probably won't be won't, won't really have much of a practical effect. Um, so it's more it's more the symbolic significance of it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn. I really think you should be able I to am too. not do business with them if they discriminate like that. But they yeah laws, man. Yep. Let's just repeal the free exercise clause. Which one is that one? Done. Uh, that's the one that says um, you know the state can't uh, prohibit you from exercising your religion. Let's keep the establishment clause. I like Normal, that one. Normally, normally I would snark about how we can repeal the uh, free exercise clause if we also repeal the CRA. But given the story I'm going to be talking about later with uh, LP-related drama, I think I would not like to make that sort of joke right now. (laughs) All right. For selfish reasons, the joke has been avoided. All right. All right. Next Supreme Court story. Obamacare lives. Uh, Case called California versus Texas decided 7-2 to dismiss... The a case that was filed by a bunch of I think it was states um, who uh, were suing. And this was the like ridiculous story, which I think we mentioned before that said, OK, um, before we argued that the Obamacare mandate was unconstitutional, but Supreme Court ruled it was a tax. But then the Republican Congress reduced the penalty to zero. So if it's zero dollars, it can't be a tax anymore. It's just a mandate, and so it's unconstitutional. Um, Some crazy judge, I think, in Texas bought that reasoning and was like, yep, the whole law has unconstitutional. Um, It has now gotten up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court said, "Uh, guess what? None of you have standing, because to sue, you have to be harmed. And if the mandate penalty is nothing, then you can't possibly be harmed by it, so go home. It's, I mean, it's an interesting ruling. It seems to me like they basically just punted because, I mean, couldn't you argue that we're going to be harmed in the near future when the entire system collapses if they believe that's going to happen? Dismissed on standing is kind of the court's way of saying we don't want to deal with this and we can avoid talking about it on a technicality. So, yes. Yeah, it's, yes. it seems cowardly. Like, I, I understand why they don't want to rule on it have you met the supreme court (laughs) not personally is this surprising i i grew up with stories about how awesome they were so yeah kind of it still goes against my childish intuitions i mean don't get me wrong they're better than the other branches of government but that is what's known in the literature as damning with faint praise and it's it's especially ridiculous because the obvious correct decision here is that yes the mandate is unconstitutional 
And yes, it's severable from the rest of the law because they severed it. I know they did sever it, but like, I don't think they should have because without the mandate, the rest of the law results in a runaway cycle of eventual fucking the whole system, right? No, it doesn't because it's been it's been doing that for years and no no appreciable results. I have seen all healthcare costs going up, although arguably that is not uh, just because of this. There's lots of reasons. Yeah, the- uh, yeah, that's good. so. What as a general rule, when you're doing empirical stuff, if there's a trend line, yeah. and an event happens, and the trend line continues on the same trajectory, the event didn't really affect it. Yeah. I'll- but regardless, uh, Congress lowered the penalty to zero, so Congress obviously intended. To have Obamacare and not the mandate. Yeah. Um, so Al- <laughs> Alito and Gorsuch, of course, dissented, um, uh, saying that the mandate's unconstitutional and it can't be severed from the law, so the whole law is unconstitutional. Which is just, you know, an equally ridiculous position. Right. Since it literally was severed. <laughs> yes, Congress Congress eliminated the mandate and not the rest of the law. So, like, obviously, the the argument that this the mandate is so central to the law that if the mandate goes, the rest of the law does too is ridiculous. Yeah. So, and but like nobody on the court is going with the obviously correct argument. It's just infuriating. Yeah, I mean, I don't. As a general rule, I don't love the uh, notion that courts can pick and choose what sorts, what parts of laws they can um strike down or sustain or whatever the terms are uh but i agree that in this one case that seems pretty clear cut. yeah i mean i think you have to have that because otherwise you know there these laws are huge and you could find like some technical problem with some obscure portion of a law and then say oh well guess the whole law is gone uh which you know you'd probably be into <laughs> but what would would sort of uh, frustrate the purpose of the system, I suppose. Known enemy of all laws, David. Yeah. All right. Yes. Uh, all right. Next Supreme Court story about the NCAA. Yes. Uh, I added this one in here. Uh, basically, I think everyone is... I don't know. Actually, maybe people aren't familiar with this. But the NCAA uh, employs a lot of college athletes. And for basically their entire existence, they've been fucking said at college athletes saying like, oh, no, no. If you're in college, you're an amateur player. We can't pay you. At best, you can get uh, scholarship money and a little stipend and you're not allowed to sell your likeness and so on and so forth. And uh, considering. <laughs> yes. Yes. You say you say employees employees for zero dollars. Exactly. It tells them that. Yeah, they, they run a monopoly. The The kids have to do this labor, which is extremely dangerous and bad for your health. And, you know, the upside of that is that you get to, to be famous and popular and make a fuck ton of money in your first 10 years if you're lucky. Uh, except for, you know, the NCAA cuts out the first four of those years uh, because they're technically amateurs since they're in college. Anyways, uh, the Supreme Court said... Well, also very few NCAA athletes actually go on to play professionally. Yeah, I mean... For most NCAA athletes, this is their entire career. Yes, that is also one of the problems, because you got to get really lucky to get into the, the majors. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, the Supreme Court looked at this and said, basically, the NCAA is a monopoly cartel, and they can't do this shit anymore, and all their claims about, you know, oh, it's amateurs playing for the love of the game are total bullshit. So none of that. 
Uh, Gorsuch says that uh, the NCAA is trying to seek immunity from normal antitrust laws. And Brett Kavanaugh said that they uh, cannot justify the NCAA's decision to build a massive money-raising enterprise on the backs of student-athletes who are not fairly compensated. Nowhere else in America can businesses get away with not agreeing to pay their workers a fair market rate. The NCAA is not above the law. So, thank goodness. Okay. Okay, but... Um, I feel like you're burying the lead here because you're making it sound like college ath- athletes are going to get paid now. Well, right now, Which is nothing not, I, has I'm changed. I'm pretty sure that's not the case. Nothing has changed yeah. yet, but like now at least something can change. Uh, so what was actually decided here? That the NCA couldn't make these rules that had to apply to all colleges, that they couldn't offer any benefits to their student athletes aside from um, scholarships and like a very minimal stipend. Because previously, the NCAA had said to all colleges, if you're trying to give student-athletes anything more than that, we are not going to have you in our tournaments playing other colleges. They were going to cut them entirely out of the league. Which, you know, with a smart enough college system, maybe they could have all um, coordinated to leave the NCAA and start their own league, but that would take effort, and they didn't do that. And I think they probably were getting a little bit from it, too, by not paying the athletes. Hmm. Well, I have... I'm skeptical that this hearing actually says that the NCAA isn't allowed to prevent players from getting paid. Because I feel like it would be bigger news. It, I mean, it was big news. If that's what it said. I heard it anyway. Huh. It was it was at the top of the uh, NPR legal news for a couple days. I mean, not top, top, because they had the Obama stuff and everything else, but it was in there. Yeah, I mean, the, the this sort of... Um... This sort of ruling is always, like, it, it's, it can very easily just be cheap talk by the courts. Um, I'm not ruling out the possibility that uh, something might change, but um, it also very easily might not. Yeah. At least yeah. there's a possibility for it now. Oh, I see what it was. This was so this was only about educational benefits. Um, so it was, there were certain, uh, what they call educational benefits that, um, uh, uh, colleges wanted to provide. I think it was just like additional payments for things like, um, school supplies and stuff that they needed for their education, um, that some schools wanted to to offer athletes and the NCAA rules prevented it. So this ruling only allows stuff like that. Um, cause that's the only question that was presented, but the reasoning of the ruling seems to apply to things like like likeness rights and direct cash payments. Yeah. Um, so those have not been decided yet, uh, but hopefully will be in the future because the likeness thing is ridiculous. Yes. Um, college, college athletes should be able to, to profit from that. And actually some can, cause I think some states have, have passed laws about that, um, Pay, direct payments uh it'll be great for you know top football players um from what i hear football is the only college sport that actually makes colleges any money uh so correct other other athletes probably won't be getting big salaries or anything but you know they they might get something and you could oh God, any you can anything would be worth it and you can sneak in you know extra payment under educational bonuses yeah true all right so that's that story uh next supreme court story uh agricultural unions 
Yes. Uh, I didn't hear about this one. I added this one as well, and this one, again, um, was actually pretty small news. I hadn't heard about it anywhere else, but since I like Nina Totenberg and follow her when Supreme Court season is in season, uh, I ran across this. Uh, there's a California law that allows union organizers to enter farms and speak with workers during non-working hours, like before or after work or during lunch, for a set number of days each year. And uh, the court ruled that that law is unconstitutional because it forces the private landowners to allow um, people they don't want on their land onto their land. Uh, I think Robert says the regulation appropriates a right to physically invade a grower's property. Um, and I don't know entirely how to feel about this because I, I kind of am really for agriculture unions. It's one of the places where people have the least amount of ability to negotiate with their employers. But like on ideological grounds, I, I do think it's kind of fucked up that there's a law that says you just have to allow people who want to fuck you onto your land. So I don't know. Do you guys have a take on this? Um, <laughs> not really. <laughs> uh, I I can definitely see a lot of arguments for and against, and I don't really have enough background to be able to uh, uh, parse through them. Yeah, I mean, I feel uh, modestly positive about it, but mostly it's just because I don't like unions very much. Yeah. Like, I, I dislike most unions, but agriculture is just famous how badly they treat their workers. Yeah, I mean, I also like property rights. Yeah. And so this seems to be a defense of that. Um, but, you know, I I'd need to, I think I need to read the case to see what the actual uh, issues are. My big objection is this seems like a really easy way to um, smuggle in ag-gag laws or the like through the back door, and I'm very much not in favor of that. Um, but, uh, aside from that, I don't really have any specific opinion. Aren't ag-gag laws things that relate to reporting? Yeah, so I'm just saying this is establishing a precedent of, um, of, um, or, or not a legal precedent, but a, uh, colloquial precedent of, um, uh, courts having a lot of say over who can... Uh, who can and can't go onto property and what they can do while they're there. And uh, generally, I'm in favor of having strict protections for that sort of thing, but also I feel like factory farms have sort of given up their deontological protection by being absolute shitheels. So, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I definitely see arguments both for and against here, and I don't have the background I need to... Uh, be able to uh, confidently call it one way or the other in terms of thumbs up or thumbs down. All right. Next case. Supreme Court rules teens First Amendment rights still exist in school. Yeah. Uh, Yay. I think this the, there's an option of this in Happy News as well, but this is the... Uh, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it now. Okay. Uh, this is the cheerleader who was having a bad day and posted a picture of her flipping off the camera with a fuck... What is it? Fuck this high school, fuck cheer, fuck everything, something along those lines. Yep. And uh, then the high school said, well, uh, fuck you, you are not on the cheer squad anymore. And uh, she sued about that because she said, you can't kick me off the cheer squad for something I said off school grounds in like some social <laughs> you network. You can't kick me off the cheer squad because I quit. <laughs> <laughs> that basically it was the school monitoring her out off school grounds and censoring her speech. And um, the Supreme Court sided with her on this. Uh, and that's awesome because... Fuck the school. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
Um, uh, it's nice sorry, to see. You had, a, you had a V in there that I think was superfluous. Hey, David. Fuck you. <laughs> no, it's fuck the you. Uh, fuck, fuck the David. You know, I'm not sure... Like, I could kind of see if you say fuck cheer, you can expect to not be on the cheer squad anymore. But on the other hand, I also don't want schools monitoring people's speech when they're off school grounds. That seems very, you know, Orwellian. Yeah, not in public school. Um, the Also, she, she said fuck cheer because she didn't make the varsity squad. And, you know, then they kicked her off the JV squad. What is that? That's bullshit. That's not the, that's not the cheer she was talking about. Yeah. Um, but the... This is what I had in happy news. A really fun uh, detail of this case is the Satanic Temple got involved. Hell yeah! Uh, and they started. They they're selling all this uh, this 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 gear. Um, so they're selling hoodies that say "Fuck the Fascist Mahoney School District," but it's all on the interior lining. Um, so they're encouraging students at the Mahoney School District to buy them and wear them to school. Um, and, you know, it won't be disruptive or obscene because nobody can see it. Um, they're also selling T-shirts uh, with the acronym uh, FTMSB, which stands for Freedom. That's my satanic behest <laughs> and definitely does not stand for Fuck the Mahoney School Board. <laughs> um, and they have proclaimed that both of these uh, shirts are part of a religious ritual that students will be participating in and are thus uh, immune from censorship by the school. I love the Satanic Church. Um, I know there's some people that listen to this that don't regularly listen to the, uh, the Basin Conspiracy, but we have an interview with uh, one of the co-founders of the Satanic Temple uh, a few episodes back, and it was really great. Like It brought around um, both Stephen and Jace, who were not necessarily on board with the Satanic Temple as much as I was, and I would recommend it. And I love everything that the church does. Yeah, they're they're pretty great. And you're you see stunts like this, and you're tempted to assume they're just trolls, uh, but they're really not. They have these very consistent principles, and they stand up for them. And they stunts like this are part of that. Yeah, uh, and they're they're pretty good principles. Yes, they are. None of which are actually worshiping Satan. <laughs> Surprisingly, not. Which, yeah. which is unfortunate. <laughs> well, you know. That is the one way they could improve. Um, you're just saying that because you're Satan. Not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we have a we have a whole we have a whole screenshot to prove it. Uh all mm-hmm. right. Uh next Supreme Court case. Uh police cannot always enter a home without a warrant when pursuing someone for a minor crime. Which, uh, that's Yay. pretty great. Yeah, this is a pretty minor one, but uh, in some rural country road, some dude was driving down the uh, highway with his music too loud and occasionally honking his horn along with the music. Uh, a cop followed him all the way to his house and tried to follow him into his garage when he parked. And uh, the guy was like, nope, and started closing the door. And the cop was like, well, that's fleeing an officer. He entered anyway without a warrant. And the Supreme Court said, you know what? When it's something as minor as someone playing loud music on a deserted country road, you you can't pursue him into his home without a warrant. Which I think, like, this is a really minor court case, but it was nice that when things, when not much is at stake, at least the Supreme Court will do the right thing then. And I'm saying this was a unanimous court. Yes, it was. Excellent. Um, Didn't we have uh, a case last episode where a cop tried to enter someone's house for some dumb reason and the court said they're not allowed to? I don't remember that. Yeah, I think it was like a some sort of like public health exception or something that they were going for 
Um, and the, oh. the court said you can't. So it's nice to see that this uh, conservative court is standing up for individual rights. Yeah. Why the fuck do police have even a remotely, even remotely have a leg to stand on if they're claiming public health? That's not the police's job, you assholes. Not according to the police. <laughs> well, fuck the police. <laughs> At last, Wes All and... Right. Um, God, who was it? Ice Cube? Can agree on something. Indeed. All right. Next Supreme Court case. Uh, no challenge to the men-only military draft. Yeah, this, this wasn't a case in so much as it was not a case. Uh, they said they're not going to hear a case on whether um, only men, whether the draft should still be men only. It is currently restricted to men only. Um, they said that the Congress is actually right now reviewing it, and they don't want to be stepped on Congress's toes if Congress is looking over things. So they're just going to pass for now. Yeah, and that's a really weird stance to take. Is it? To be like, well, Congress is thinking about maybe doing something about this, so we'll pass. I, I can... Yeah, that is the excuse they use to um, avoid cleaning up their mess around qualified immunity last court season, so yeah. I'm going to go with bad. But it's like, uh, yeah, maybe this might be unconstitutional. And I know our job is to enforce the Constitution, but Congress might do it for us, so uh, we'll... we'll, we'll... We'll put this on the back burner for now. Honestly, like, I think a lot of things this year, um, I'm sp thinking specifically about the Obamacare thing as well, are things along the lines of this is this is something where we might not have the full backing of, you know, Congress and the populace and all that. And the court has only as much legitimacy as everyone believes they have. Right. So you don't want to imperil that too often by taking stances that people are going to want to go against sort of the you know never pass a law you can't enforce thing well Eniash, let me give you some insider lawyer knowledge yes. judges hate deciding things <laughs> they really do um so if there's anything True. they can do to get out of making a decision they will do it in trial courts you know that usually takes the form of like really heavy-handedly encouraging litigants to go solve things in mediation or just like go talk it out or something so they don't have to decide um in criminal courts that's plea bargains you know plea bargains forever they love plea bargains because then they don't have to decide and you see up at the supreme court things like standing or this new bullshit thing they invented where it's like well congress might do it yeah yeah that is basically the institute for justice's entire shtick is like like if you had to summarize their like legal motivations in one word it's trying to get judge or in one phrase it would be trying to get judges to actually decide things they yeah, have a they really flashier term for it judicial engagement uh -huh. uh, but that's basically what it boils down to is this i'm assuming this is bad that judges don't want to decide things right because that's kind of their job oh yeah it's super awful okay yeah i, I think it's bad like there are there are occasional times when it temporarily comes in handy uh but as a general rule yeah it sucks yeah i mean there's definitely legitimate places for judges to be like this is not the proper subject of judicial decision making um but a lot of times they say that like you know in the gerrymandering case and it's just total bullshit uh, so yes i would be a big fan of judges making more decisions 
Uh, all right, and I think that's that's all of our Supreme Court news. We got through it all. Right. All right. Uh, on Yay. to other news. Uh, who is John McAfee? I think it's McAfee. Uh, so, John McAfee is a, um, or rather was uh, a either billionaire or multimillionaire uh, who a very rich um, person. Yes, a very rich person. Uh, he made his money. Uh, Primarily from McAfee antivirus software. Oh, he's um, that McAfee. Which, yeah, he's that McAfee. Uh, he was involved in politics for a while. He ran for uh, the presidential ticket for the LP uh, several times. Never made it past primary. Then he uh, skipped the country because he was evading taxes. And um, he was arrested... Uh, in Spain, and uh, and pending his extradition to the U.S., he was found dead in prison. This is especially noteworthy because on October 15th, he uh, tweeted, quote, I am content here. I have friends. The food is good. All is well. Know that if I hang myself, a la Epstein, it will be no fault of mine. And this is <laughs> not the first time he's tweeted about how he is not going to kill himself. So, I will leave the listeners to draw their own conclusions. Well, maybe he didn't. Maybe he just caught a virus. <sighs> uh, seriously, though, I can't see uh, in this article how he actually died. Yeah, as far as I know, that hasn't been published yet. Uh, okay. But... Uh, we will keep an eye on this. Uh, this is, as they say in the biz, a developing story. Uh, and if the official story comes out that he killed himself, just know that that is fake news. How many taxes did he evade that they wanted him to be made that big of an example of? I don't know. Yeah, like, but like, but, who would have wanted him dead? Uh, like I said, he was politically active, so the man. Okay. Okay. I mean, uh, I, you yeah, just think, I, the the U.S. government, they don't want him dead. They want their uh, pound of flesh. Yeah. So, if I wanted to go full conspiratorial, I'd probably say, like, like it might have more to do with the antivirus software, because, you know, the CIA loves them, uh... Loves them back doors into. So what you're saying is it was Norton. Private information. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm saying do your own research and draw your own conclusions. Um, All right then. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Next story. Uh, the Senate passed a bipartisan bill, and everyone hates it. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was it was originally the Endless Frontier Act. And uh, was going to have like $100 billion to fund all sorts of research into futuristic stuff like AI and uh, quantum computing. And we were going to it was going to be our big like we're going to compete with China bill. Um, then it went through Congress and uh, both parties got a crack at it because this is a bipartisan bill. And what came out was like uh, much. I, I think it was like one fourth of the money was actually for innovation and and research and like the rest of it was just pork spending on the department of energy i hear a lot of it and, went to uh, corporate welfare yeah yeah that's yeah. about right 
Um, so, the you know, Vox has an article up about how terrible it is, and uh, the Heritage Foundation has an article up about how terrible it is. So, uh, David, I feel like this is vindicating your position that uh, bipartisanship is even worse than partisanship. Yep, I feel like that too. How is it that if they all hated it, they passed it anyway? Uh, Secret Congress. Ah. Yes. Uh, Secret Congress, you'll remember, I've mentioned here before, is the idea that Congress, uh, the only time Congress is actually able to do anything is when the public doesn't know about it. Which means nobody's out there grandstanding about it. Um, nobody, really nobody's talking about it. Uh, so you don't see, you don't see big headlines about it and you don't get people engaged about it. Um, and then in secret, they go and, you know, pass, do, do like old school Congress and pass, you know, these big pork laden bills and with giveaways to all the, you know, special interest groups that matter. And Well, this sounds like a very good thing, especially states. since you're the one who keeps saying that Congress should do stuff. Yeah, but the problem is that the stuff I want Congress to do keeps getting lots of attention. What? Uh, I'm not against secret Congress, but I wish that they... Yeah, I want them to do better stuff in it. So it should be more secret. You're not against the secret Congress. You're against how badly they are keeping the secret? Yeah, I mean, but, it, like, you can't, like you know, make D.C. and Puerto Rico states in secret Congress. Maybe we should try, though. It'd be kind of cool if, like, work. we wake up tomorrow and it turns out D.C. and Puerto Rico have been states for, like, the past four years and just no one was told. That would be sweet, but uh, I feel like somebody would have told. Uh, the secret Congress is not about actually keeping the secret. Secret Congress is because nobody cares enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so it's only on, like, issues like this where, you know, it, it sounds, like, vaguely nice. It's like, yes, money for research to compete with China. And, like, the details suck, but nobody really looks that hard because it's not that interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. But that happened. All right. Next story. David. Uh, yeah. So this one is mostly a fluff piece because of how fucking ridiculous it is. Um, the latest conspiracy theory that, uh, former, or that have, that has leaked from the late, uh, Trump White House is that the Italian government, uh, which you should read as the Pope because it's much funnier, uh, used s- signals from spy satellites, which you should read as miracles from heaven because <laughs> it's much funnier, to change vote counts to steal the election for Joe Biden. No, no, no. There's no way someone is seriously advancing that. Who is this person? Yeah. And is it like just Joe Rogan having a laugh? Google Italy Gate. Oh my god. That's all I'll say. Oh boy. Well, that's fun. So you're saying Also, I document? love how I love how we can now just slap gate on the end of it. literally any noun and have a ready-made conspiracy theory. Honestly, I feel like this would make a good drinking game. I prefer uh slapping the word gazi on the end of like stupid fake stories like this. That is also very good. Yeah. I mean, Gate is the classic, but... Yeah, but I feel like Gate... Yeah, it's also great. Right. I feel like putting Gate on the end of something signifies that you think it is a scandal, and putting Ghazi on the end signifies that you don't think it's a real scandal. Which I guess this one would be a Gate, because this was actually White House people. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily think that same way, but yes, I definitely see where you're coming. Right, it's like, well, is it like Watergate or is it like Benghazi? So was um, the, you said they're leaked documents from the White House, as in someone in the White House actually believes this? Uh, uh, 
that's the someone story. in the White House actually said this. Whether or not they believe it uh, depends on um, depends on whether you believe that the people spouting bullshit in the late Trump White House actually believed anything they were saying, or if they were just you know uh, throwing all the mud they could find at the wall to see what would stick. God, apparently it was Mark Meadows who is, yeah, who is sharing sound, sharing right? this theory. All right, all right. Well, that's stupid. Yes. Uh, next yep. story is not stupid. This is from Israel. Uh, Netanyahu is no longer the prime minister. Yay! Uh, a, uh, yeah, maybe we should have put this in happiness. Um, yes, we should Netanyahu is, uh, you know, kind of a fraudster and a criminal. Um, so eight different political parties of, of joined the, together. He's a criminal of both the regular and the kind. Yeah. So eight different political parties joined together to remove him from power. Um, they installed a new prime minister who basically, you know, can't won't be able to do anything. Um, basically, just kind of tend to very basic needs of the country, um, and on any any contentious issues is has has their hands tied pretty much because these these political parties are not similar to one another. Um, they are from all over the spectrum, um, and they are united only by their hatred <laughs> of Netanyahu. Wow. Which is a great thing to be united by, to be clear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I certainly consider this good news. Netanyahu was not not good. He was bad. I I will. I honestly did not know much about Netanyahu. So didn't he get a peace prize? I thought. I mean, I mean they're giving those peace things prizes. out like candy nowadays. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Next story. Uh, rem- let, let's remember, Obama got a peace prize for. Talking a good game at getting the U.S. out of the Middle East, and you will note that the U.S. is still in the Middle East <laughs> two administrations later. Yeah, I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, yeah, that totally happened. Uh, that's a fair point. Okay, you All right. said my name. Next story, Enios. Yes, uh, so I heard about this in our Discord, because we do have some people in Europe. Uh, apparently, French elections have given some major losses to both the left and far right parties, who were the uh, big names before this. Um... Le Pen and Macron are probably the two you're familiar with. It is Macron. What? What? Macron. 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 Not, not Marcone. Macron. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're just getting more and more hated by the French. Okay, so continue. now that we've lost all of our French <laughs> listeners, <laughs> uh, apparently um, they there were record low turnouts throughout all of France, and the the middle right parties reap the benefits of this. Uh, I guess. Uh, according to the the analysis, if the under 29s had shown up in greater numbers, the far right would have done much better. Which is like, what is happening? That the Nazis are invading France, but this time they're French. Um, or maybe it's not fair to call far right people Nazis. I don't know. But uh... so so I know very I little about fair. French politics. Um, but my my what I have heard suggests that uh, it's very hard to get a job in France, especially if you're under 29. Mm, yeah, I have heard that as well. Uh, and that. And that causes a lot of uh, anti-immigrant sentiment for uh, they took our gerbs reasons. Right, right. Uh, so it's not that surprising that the under 29s are uh, support Le Pen. Okay. Who sucks, by the way. Don't support Le Pen, French people. You're doing it wrong, France. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's just a little update on French politics. I didn't have much more about it. Speaking of doing it wrong, New York City did it wrong and didn't elect Andrew Yang. Fucking New York City. Uh, we don't know who won because they have their uh, rank choice voting, but Yang uh, has already conceded. 
New York City hasn't done anything right in a long time. Right? Uh, also, uh, speaking of doing it wrong, David has a story for us about the Libertarian Party. Yeah, so there was some drama. Sorry, had to cough. Um, there was some drama in the LP over this weekend. Uh, as I understand it, the Mises Caucus, which are the fucking insane racist Ron Paul, uh, Murray Rothbard type libertarians, tried to do a coup. Then the um, Pragmatic Caucus, which are the ones that are actually, you know, not shit, uh, tried to do a counter coup. And the, the ins and outs I couldn't quite follow. Uh, but the long story short is the Mises Caucus won, and so now they basically have de facto control over the New Hampshire LP, which is by far the most significant uh, state-level LP because of the Free State Project. Uh, So yeah, this is a major L for people who care about liberty and think that like civil rights are also part of libertarianism and uh it's not a great thing to have happened so yeah that sucks uh yeah, we'll have a link bad. to uh yeah we'll have a link to the reason story uh reason story covering this if you do want to get all the gory details um but yeah that this is uh a relatively dark day for um uh the libertarianism in America. Total bummer. All right. Um, Next story. Not really a news story, per se, but I just wanted to give a shout-out that uh, Yassin from the subreddit uh, R. The Mott, who's uh, one of the, the, I think, one of the founders of the subreddit, um, was interviewed on Blocked and Reported. um, And it was really cool. Uh, We mentioned Blocked and Reported sometimes here. It's a cool podcast. Uh, We're fans. And it's cool to see uh, one of our uh, community members on the show. Oh, yeah. Also, Yassine has the podcast The Bailey, which is also a very good podcast that I enjoy. And I kept thinking, you know what? We're basically, you know, adjacent. We should have him on TBC. And now that he's been on Blocked and Port, I'm like, ah, damn it. Now he's too big and he's never going to give us time of day. Yeah, right. Oh, wow. That's wrong. False. No. Reach for the what? stars. Even if you shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you might at least hit a tree. I yeah, I suppose it's still worth a shot. Yeah, I mean the worst get so so gen, sorry general public service announcement. If you are thinking something along those lines about anything you're doing, just ask. The worst that'll happen is they say no, and if they're dicks about it, then they probably weren't worth having onto your thing anyway. But yeah, listen to uh, the Bailey. It's a good podcast. But listen to that episode of Blocked and Reported. I learned a lot about him. Uh, I did not know that he was he was quite as accomplished as he is, and just think that's something maybe he should bring up on the Bailey now and then for those of us who don't read the Mott. Yes. Also, he uh, he plugged an excellent uh, article, which has the basis for uh, this Fortnite troop deployment. So thanks to him for that. Excellent. All right. Next story. COVID news. Yeah, we got a Delta variant. Uh, I guess it's more contagious than the regular COVID. Anyone, like, have anything about this? I, 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 it sucks, it does. but we're f- but we're safe because we're vaccinated. Yeah. All I got to say is, like... Vaccines yeah, work it against su- it. It sucks, but it's a relatively underwhelming end boss, much like the human reaper mask, of course. Womp, womp. 
I yeah, I'm just like I guess I still I feel even more like people who aren't getting vaccines are douches now because there's a more virulent version and there's still some people who can't for actual medical reasons. But I don't know. When what can you do? What yeah. can you do? I mean, did this one come from America? You know, I don't know. This is the first one that doesn't have a country attached to it, so no one knows where it came from. It came from the Delta yeah. Quadrant. <laughs> the Borg are behind it. All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, gay news! <laughs> the gayest of news. The best news. Yes. Uh, the Masterpiece Bake Shop is... I think it's Bake Shop. Maybe it's Cake Shop. Masterpiece Cake Shop? Uh, it is the cake shop here in Denver that everybody knows about because they didn't make a gay wedding cake not too long ago, and it went all the way up to the Supreme Court. Um, they are sort of in the news again. I guess they're in the local news. I'm not sure if it went anywhere outside of Colorado. But uh, there was someone who... They went the Supreme Court ruling because basically someone asked him to make a custom cake, and he's like, no, I don't want to, you know do special piece work for you. Uh, I don't want to do business with you because I'm a private individual and I don't have to. Because I don't support your gay weddings. Right. I'm not making you a gay wedding Go cake. be gay somewhere else, gay wads, <laughs> is what I imagine he said. That's exactly a direct yes. quote. Uh, and so he, he won that, court in the, that Supreme Court case. So a trans person came up to I don't know if came up to him is the correct term here, but uh, asked for a gay, not gay, Sorry, a gender uh, gender confirmation cake, which was blue on the outside and pink on the inside. And this is like it's it's a different situation because like the whole thing about the gay cake is that it is you know individual piecework that requires some artistry and some skill, and it's like you're contracting someone to make a special piece just for you. Whereas this is much more along the lines of you know we're stamping out things at the cake factory. Uh, and you refusing to do business with me is total bullshit because you're supposed to do business with all comers. Anyways, uh, he this he refused to do this. They went to the Colorado courts here, and the courts ruled against him and fined him $500, really a pittance. I'm sure it's going to keep going upwards. I kind of, I have mixed feelings on this one too because, yes, when it's just like a standard cake that's one color on the inside and a different color on the outside, I don't really think he has a leg to stand on. But on the other hand, it's not like some random person went into his store randomly and was shocked by this. Like, someone specifically sought him out and tried to get the most on-the-line cake that that would pass a legal test but still offend him just to troll him. And I think that's kind of a dick move, even if they're in the right, so I, I don't know if I should necessarily feel great about this victory. Yeah, no, I, ha I have no sympathy for the people asking for the cake in this situation. They're obviously trolling this guy. And just, like, fucking get over yourselves. Like, you, you, this is just such a fucking awful thing to do. Like, not even from, a, like, a political perspective, just, like, from a basic human decency perspective. Like, don't ask people to do things that you know they're uncomfortable with because it offends your sensibilities that they are uncomfortable. Like, that's not okay. Stop! Yeah, I just, it feels sucky to come down on that side since he's a douchebag that, I don't know, I would not want to support in most cases. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to support him, then don't patronize his cake shop. Yeah, I guess that's what it comes down to. And, and like, that's, yeah, that's really, like, why I have so little sympathy here, because 
if you don't like this person, you should be trying to avoid giving them money. And the fact that they are trying to give him money is just, like, a clear indication that they don't actually give a shit about getting a cake. They're just engaging in pointless political grandstanding. Agreed. Yeah, that's fair. I'm trying to remember what the the decision in the the Supreme Court was actually, like, what the grounds were. Because I remember everyone thought that they should decide it, on the the artistry grounds saying like look you're an artist you can't be compelled to make art that you don't like um but they they definitely didn't do that yeah i i remember this this was another bullshit instance of them not uh ardently <laughs> refusing to actually make a decision um the decision was on the grounds that the order coming from the um the colorado court uh had language in the um in the decision suggesting that the judge or whoever made the ruling had uh, personal animus against religious individuals, and therefore it was unacceptable. And basically the general idea of them uh, sanctioning this behavior was possibly okay. They just needed to be more polite about it. So let's do it all again. Yep. With literally the exact same player. Yeah, I think this is kind of an an important question, though. Like, do non-discrimination laws apply to religious organizations? Like, we need to know. Yeah. Uh, So it would be nice if the Supreme Court would tell us. Well, I mean, the cake shop's not a religious organization anyway. Well, sure, but it's, I mean, the, it's, it's the religious beliefs of the, the owners that are at issue. I think he certainly shouldn't be allowed to, like, not do business with someone who wants to come in and buy a cake that's sitting on the counter. That's just someone coming in and, yeah, yeah. You, you, you aren't doing anything special for them. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I like the rule that um, you're not allowed to, uh, that you can't force someone to create art, um, you know, if they're, if they're doing something that's, you know, has some artistry to it. Um, but you know, this is, but then we're back to the question about the foster agencies. Um, can a, you know, can a religious foster agency refuse to, uh, I'm on the side that to, to, to place, to place, uh, foster kids with gay parents I'm on the side that if they do refuse to place foster kids, the state shouldn't have anything to do with them. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's probably where I'm at too. And they can continue to not place them and the state can continue to not fuck, fucking deal with them at all. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, fair. It's just, I feel like, if if nothing else, we need a clear rule. Yeah, that's fair. Because right now we got a whole bunch of confusion, and it's serving nobody. Yeah, and uh, the only reason I'm at all, uh, you know, uh, torn at all about this is that there's, I, whenever I look at the evidence of like what non-discrimination laws actually do, it doesn't seem like they're they're very effective. Um, so I'm ambivalent about how much defending they actually need you know if they if they actually reduced discrimination i would i would definitely be on their side and say like no fuck these people like you want to discriminate leave or close up shop or make it a private club or something um you know if you want to serve the public then you have to serve the public um but you know the evidence just i feel like is not there that these are actually accomplishing anything and it's more than just symbolic um, you know, I don't like the government, uh, you know, fining people and kicking their doors down for symbolic reasons. Yeah, I mean, so my 
the the heuristic I use for laws is uh, is it worth uh, black people being murdered to have this law on the books? And this seems like a clear no, it's not. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm what I'm thinking. Um, but I, I'd want to look back at the evidence to see like what these laws actually actually accomplish. Yeah. But anyway, next story. Inflation. Yes, it is up. It is up over 5% right now, um, although that is... Fake news. <laughs> just from month to month. Uh, it's not like a annual thing, and, you know, everybody's saying it's spiking because the sudden huge rise in demand after COVID has been defeated, and that is true. Um, I also think that it is it is going to continue uh, to be high because a lot of people just aren't going back to work because they don't want to and they don't need to and uh, <laughs> the employers are going to have to pay more to get people to come to work, which is a good thing. But it also means that they're going to have to charge more for the products and inflation is going to go up too, possibly. But maybe that's all speculation on my part and I'm full of shit. Uh, the more interesting thing is that the CPI, Consumer Price Index, which is what measures inflation here in the U.S. anyway, excludes housing. And housing has been fucking skyrocketing. It is insane. Maybe not in rural areas, but in any decently built out urban area, it is fucking ridiculous trying to buy a house. There's starting to be real, like, um, populist dissent about it, and people starting to say, you know, make laws like, well, we gotta crack down on these, uh, these greedy corporations buying up land or whatever. Like, it's, it's literally starting to create unrest, how much housing is spiking and it also ignores uh hidden inflation like long de- delivery times like uh, apparently there's a lot of cars you can still buy for roughly the same price but uh before you could get them within a week now you gotta wait months uh sometimes over a year for them to be delivered and the true cost of that car would be more accurately reflected by how much you would have to pay someone who is waiting to get their car next week to take their place in line which uh would make inflation quite a bit higher uh, so yeah, inflation is generally a bad thing. If your if your savings right now are in liquid assets like cash, consider maybe moving them to something uh, that increases in value as uh, as the economy inflates, like any hard asset, stocks maybe, um, uh, real just, estate. Just put them in checking. <laughs> just put them in checking. The uh, interest rates on checking accounts are usually uh, exactly equal to inflation. I've always found the interest rates on checking accounts to be approximately zero. Yes, that's yeah. because inflation has been approximately zero for quite a while. Are they actually increasing checking account interest rates? Because I have not yeah, seen David, that. I can't tell if you're making a joke. I haven't. Or... I think he's making a joke, no, and I, I didn't understand it. No, what? No. no. Almost no checking no, accounts like that, get that's the, that's the get point interest. of having interest in checking accounts. But almost nobody does. Yeah, that just doesn't happen, man. Are you thinking of savings accounts? No. Savings accounts? usually make slightly more than um, inflation. I don't. I think you're I think wrong. You're that insane. has not been the case for almost as long as I've been an adult. I have a savings account, and I basically just view it as nothing, as, like, a w- wasteful place to park money while I decide where to invest yeah. it. Um, but anyway, the important takeaway here is that anyone who is mad about housing prices should petition their local municipal government to loosen up zoning that is why housing is so expensive or to enact a a georgia's land use tax that's a much harder ask 
Also, well, I feel like so that's a more so long-term well, relaxing, solution. Relaxing zoning isn't exactly an easy ask, so... Just let people build housing. Then housing prices will fall. Yes. That That is how markets then, work. This is the koala. Everything else is commentary. <laughs> yes. Just whatever whatever rules need to change to let people build housing, change those rules. Um, I'm I'm not worried about inflation. Uh, I feel Shit. like you don't worry about inflation at you know. all. No, no. The, if there's any, if there's even like an, uh, uh, if there's actual threat of like runaway inflation, the Fed will just raise interest rates. Well, I hope so. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're already thinking about doing it, and they're just like, all right, well, if this keeps up for a while, we'll 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 nudge the interest rates up. Um, inflation expectations. I'm not exactly sure how they measure them, but apparently it's an actual good measure. Say some smart people. Um, they're they're still around two percent. So, you know, either the uh, either it's not that great a measure, or this is all just kind of temporary, okay. which makes sense to me. I, I I wouldn't base anything on like what what prices are doing at the moment. It's a, it's a very weird time. Uh, it makes sense to me that this is all pent up demand, um, especially with the things like long wait times. I feel like that's just going to work itself out as the demand stops spiking. I really hope so. I normally wouldn't worry as much, but just the infinite printing, infinite spending without any care for how we're going to fund it kind of worries me. Well, just remember, um, even at the low inflation we were at, we could the government was borrowing money at less of an interest rate than that. So they're actually basically getting paid to borrow money. Uh, when that stops being the case, then I will start worrying about the government borrowing too much. Very well. Just hope it isn't too late. Insert obligatory comment here about man passing the 40th floor on his way down, saying great so far, but... Wes and I have hatched out that um, multiple times, and I doubt we'll resolve it now. And we don't have time, because now it's time for Happy News! Good news, everyone! Eniash. Oh, am I up first with the Happy News? Sorry, I tapped away. Uh, Yes, Juneteenth is now a federal holiday, which I think is fantastic. I guess some people are grumpy about it, but like... It, a lot of our holidays... Those people are yeah, racist. Well, I, mean, I don't know if they're racist, but like a lot of our holidays holidays kind of don't mean shit. And Juneteenth is actually the celebration of the freeing of the fucking slaves in the U.S., which is one of the best possible things we could celebrate. Right? Like, who cares if the... I, I, know, if, I know if they're racist. They are. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, isn't Arbor Day a federal holiday? I guess. Isn't that just about we're glad trees exist? Yeah. Yeah, this is much better. So, yes. like, who would be yes, matter about Juneteenth and Arbor Day? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, get over it, racists. <laughs> Go protest Arbor Day if you want to get upset about something. Yes. All right. N- next happy news. David. Um, yeah, oh, David so... has two gun-related happy news items for us. Yes. Uh, so, after more than 20 years... Uh, the California ban on cool-looking guns has been overturned in uh, state court. Um, now, is this what's colloquially known oh, as the yeah, assault no, weapons sorry, ban? Yes, it is. Uh, and for those of you who aren't in the know and down with all the shibboleths, uh, the assault weapons ban or assault weapons bans of the sort that they have in California basically just ban a whole bunch of um, attributes. Or, uh, of features that guns can have that have basically no effect on actual lethality. Um, 
so they um, uh, they really have no justification on like safety grounds um, or crime prevention grounds. They just like literally they just ban cool looking guns. Um, and uh, yeah, that law has now been overturned. It has been stayed uh, by the appeals courts. And it's almost certainly going to uh, go up to, or they're going to try to take it up to the Supreme Court, whether or not the Supreme Court grants cert uh, is obviously always a bit of a crapshoot. But Gavin Newsom, who, lest we forget, is the third worst person, uh, has pledged to fight the ruling as far as he can. so that he can continue to keep weapons out of the hands of the poor BIPOC community, uh, and he has been making these pompous declarations from safely behind the phalanx of guards heavily armed with assault weapons, uh, and this, uh, all I will leave you with is a, uh, an invitation to ponder the analogy between Newsom's behavior here and his behavior uh, during COVID when he was openly flouting his own uh, restrictions because the rules he puts in place are clearly just for the peasants and not, you know, himself and his cronies. I fully expect the Supreme Court to punt. Well, looking, looking at this story, it sounds like the judge overturned the ban because it doesn't do anything. Yes. Uh, basically what you said. It like, doesn't make these guns any safer. It just makes them look less cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Sounds good to me. Um, as regular listeners know, I'm not a big gun guy. Um, I don't get worked up about it, mostly because I don't think these gun restrictions do much either way. Um, but, you know, I'm happy that, like, I'm happy anytime a dumb arbitrary law is overturned. So, sounds like good news to me. All right. Uh, David, what's the other gun thing that happened? Uh, so the other gun thing that happened is uh, Missouri has basically declared itself a sanctuary state with respect to federal gun laws. Uh, this is in analogy to sanctuary cities, uh, cities which say that they won't cooperate with, um, with federal um, enforcement of immigration laws. Uh, and Missouri has decided it's going to do the same thing with respect to gun laws, which I am all for, except they took it a step farther and said that they will actively obstruct uh, federal enforcers, uh, which completely violates the supremacy clause, which in principle I'm all for, but there's no way in hell or double hell that this this survives uh, court scrutiny. So it's going away very soon, I will bet my bottom dollar, at least in its current form. Um, uh, so, yeah. Hang on, I, I, I've been given a note from our fact-checking department. Oh, hi, Gray. <laughs> uh, so it uh, prevents uh, local law enforcement from cooperating with federal law enforcement, uh, or from helping to enforce any uh, federal law which are stricter than Missouri's laws. Oh, I mean, isn't that the same thing that sanctuary cities uh, do for immigration? Uh, Pretty much, yeah. Uh, There's some asterisks there, 
um, uh, sanctuary cities don't, like, um, uh, like, that, my understanding is sanctuary cities, like, don't forbid cooperation, uh, they just allow non-cooperation. Here's, here's the problem. Oh. It, uh, the, the law, apparently, bars state courts and judges from enforcing federal gun laws. Yeah, that's, that's the That you can't do. Yeah. Uh, I can't. I think you're allowed to say you can't. You know, you can't use our t- our time or resources or our public servants to enforce these laws. I think that's okay because I think that's what sanctuary cities do for immigration. Um, but yeah, I don't think you can tell the judges not to enforce federal laws. Okay. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. Would be interesting to see a uh, constitutional version of the law, though. Yes. Um, and it'd be great because then we'd have like a little experiment to see like whether federalism works. <laughs> right or like just do what what do gun laws do do they actually make people safer if you if you don't enforce them do gun deaths go up a lot be good to know uh all right and that brings us to troop deployments i'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal as we all know politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers so in that spirit we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out on the battlefield each episode and we'll start with david yeah, so I'm going to uh, keep on the David Talks About Guns train for a little bit longer. Uh, I want to uh, signal boost a argument put forth in the uh, piece that, um, uh, what was his name? Um, Yassine uh, plugged in his interview on Blocked and Reported. Uh, the piece is called The Rifle on the Wall. Uh, we will have a link to it in the show notes. It's very good. I recommend you read it. But the argument is essentially that guns are power, and if you are a leftist, then uh, almost by definition, you should want power distributed as widely as possible. Um, And therefore, if you're a consistent leftist, you should want guns distributed as widely as possible. Uh, I think that this argument is 100% correct. I think it is even more true uh, if you adopt a more social justice uh, perspective on leftism, because uh, essentially the argument against uh, gun rights, or the fact that the left is arguing against gun rights while also saying defund the police, Black Lives Matter, etc., is basically saying that the government is a murderous institution which happily uh, kills people of color and other marginalized groups, but also they should be the only ones that are permitted to use uh, deadly weapons. And that just is on its face nuts. Um, So, yeah, I am very much uh, in agreement with the argument that gun rights should be a much more leftist position than they are. Uh, I would also like to, again, reiterate that the um, leftist politicians pushing this uh, or pushing gun control are hypocrites because they always pretty much have... um, have armed guards more or less all the time. Uh, They tend to be very privileged people who live in very safe areas. Uh, And just in general, 
they one of the reasons they oppose gun restrictions is because they don't need them and they falsely believe that because they don't need them that nobody else does either and they just don't really care that that's not actually true and not everyone has the same privileged silver spoon lives that they do so yeah all that is to say that uh guns are good gun control is bad and fuck the gun all right thank you david Eniash, what do you have for us this I guess week? mine is also kind of about guns. Um, oh I mean, sort of in tangentially. Uh, I guess basically I learned a little bit more about the Tulsa Race Massacre before, you know, I knew like some broad outlines of what had happened. But um came to my attention that one of the things that um, helped it happen was the fact that the black community in Tulsa was very affluent. They they were uh, kind of the, the, the wealthy um, minority there. And it... it <laughs> kind of reminded me of all the people right now that saying um kill all billionaires any you know the existence of billionaires is a failure of policy and all that other stuff like there's just there seems to be a lot of hatred intentional hatred being stoked towards people who have a lot of money and i'm sure some of that is entirely deserved but also the people this is gonna hurt most isn't the people like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, they're not like the white people who have a lot of privilege anyway. It's going to be um, minorities again. This this happened, famously happened in Europe with the Jews when they happened to get a lot of money. They were a small minority without a lot of protections, and so they were killed and their wealth taken and redistributed. And it happened again in Tulsa when the minority without a lot of legal protections became wealthy. They had the the populace turn against them and burn their stuff down and take the rest. And, you know, I, I worry that maybe stoking hatred for the wealthy is going to have some bad knock-on effects, especially with the targeting of um, minorities, because the people in power aren't going to be hurt nearly as badly as the people who already have some vulnerabilities. Uh, now seems uh, like a good time to remind people to reread Scott Alexander's Exodus against, against Billionaire philanthropy. All right. Thank you, Eniash and David. Uh, my troop deployment this week is about critical race theory. Yay. Everyone's uh, <laughs> favorite. Yes. The new scare word on the right is critical race theory. Critical race theory is a somewhat esoteric academic theory whose basic idea is that everything in politics and law is about power dynamics between racial groups. But that's not what anyone is talking about. Conservative activist Christopher Rufo was quoted as saying, and I quote, the goal is to have the public read something crazy in the newspaper and immediately think critical race theory. We have decodified the term and will recodify it to annex the entire range of cultural constructions that are unpopular with Americans. Uh, that sounds a little hard to uh, understand, but basically it means they want to make everything that sounds crazy and uh, call it critical race theory. Now... Because conservatives are clearly hyping this term in bad faith, it's easy to dismiss it as just the latest attempt to gin up outrage over nothing. But when you pay a little closer attention, you'll see that what people are complaining about isn't a particular academic field, it's not becoming more conscious of America's racist past, and it's not acknowledging that anti-black racism is a problem. By and large, what people are objecting to is racial discrimination. Andrew Sullivan's column this week quoted a parent's report that their child had been told by their public school teacher to create an identity map listing their race, gender, and other characteristics. The teacher explained that students live in a dominant culture of white, middle-class, cisgender, educated, able-bodied, Christian English speech speakers who created and maintained this culture in order to hold power and stay in power. 
And this is not just an isolated incident. Google Ibram X. Kendi or Robin D'Angelo to find countless other examples examples of so-called experts and educators doing little more than dividing people into groups by race and declaring the white group to be oppressors and the non-white group to be oppressed. This is pure racial discrimination, and this is what people are complaining about when they say critical race theory. So yes, ignore Tucker Carlson when he goes off on one of his rants, but don't ignore parents worrying about what their children are being taught. Don't ignore employees forced to go to mandatory racial sensitivity trainings. Don't ignore your family when they express some concerns over society becoming more racially divided just because they're using a right-wing buzzword. The, the concerns are legitimate, and they need to be addressed if we're going to achieve the shared goal of a less racist society. Excellent. All right, that's our show for this week. Please follow us, leave us reviews, uh, subscribe to our Patreon. It's awesome. Um, and we will be back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.